Bam, we're back. Welcome everybody to another episode of The Awakening Self. My name is Erin Fisher and today's guest, her name is Zuzi. So before we bring her on, let me read her bio to you all. So Zuzi, born in Romania to a Hungarian family in 1983, Zuzi is living and working in Peru at the Okawasa Healing Center as a plant-based medicine healer, therapist, and yoga teacher. Since childhood, Zuzi had a deep love for nature and natural healing and always knew she would devote her life in service to healing and well-being of others. A licensed clinical psychologist and psychotherapist, she has been working in a private practice since, 19, uh, since 2013. Her therapeutic approach is rooted in acceptance and commitment therapy, as well as mindfulness and yoga therapy. As a research of ethogenes and psychotherapy, uh, what is this? Psychotherapy? <laughs> Susie's, <laughs> Susie's way of working has shifted towards the in- integration of all her fields of experiences and expertise, schematic and plant-based medicine healing, movement and practice, and the space of meditation and contemplation. Her work focuses on different emotional disturbances and trauma-related issues. She likes to call her open, clear, and direct approach radical therapy. After more than a decade of experimenting with consciousness, expanding therapeutic properties of psychoactive plants, especially ayahuasca, it's become clear Zuzi's that the only way she could truly express herself would be through the art of Amazonian plant medicine shamanism. Her exploration has brought her on a catalyzing journey of self-healing and learning. She's been living in Peru since 2015, where she's learning and working in the Shipipo lineage. Her maestro includes Yen Riviere, Walter Martez, Dimar Lopez, and Wilma Mara Campos. Hopefully I got the names right. <laughs> Zuzi is dedicated yogini and yoga teacher as well, trained in dynamic style of Vinasa flow yoga. Through her yoga classes, Zuzi's mission is to fully support your inward journey to create a space of inspiration and reflection to find balance through discipline and self-love. She shares her gift with a unique presence and flair, helping people activate their inner healer to build an emotional and physical strength to cultivate the wisdom that leads to their purpose and passion. It's an honor for me to support others going through profound process of change kindled by work and the medicine with an open, compassionate, inspiring, and easygoing approach. Words of Susie. So without further ado. Hello. Hi. Hi, Ara. <laughs> How are you? Be here live with you. I'm good, thank you. What you? I'm good. It's it's great. It's always fun to read. Um, it's always fun to read people's bios. Lots yeah. of names. Huh? <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lots of things, right? But um, I remember I was there. I met you in 2018, which was a very interesting experience for myself as well. But interesting as in ex- as in amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I remember it was exactly two years ago. I think it was a February. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting right by the Maloka. And 
for my phone, I built a tower of buckets. <laughs> Your bucket might be here. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful to still have a bucket there. Um, so I read your bio, very beautiful, but ooh, I'd love to hear about you and your journey and like what got you from, you know, from where you were born to where you are now and just anything that you'd be willing to share. Okay, so it can be really anything you don't want to hear, something specific or... What, whatever okay. you're whatever you're open to sharing whatever comes up right now <laughs> okay well i can tell you that i used to always be a seeker and it took me quite a while to to become from a seeker a finder and do you hear me yeah i can hear you okay and um one thing that really was difficult for me and uh, one thing that really shaped me is uh, identifying myself as a victim. Mm -hmm. And um, because of this, I took some choices in my life that were in fact not serving me. And so I was sensing this in my earlier years that something is quite wrong and I'm somehow sabotaging myself and I'm, I'm not choosing the right, right things for me. And um, because of this, I'm simply not finding happiness. And on the other hand, I always felt that I could find the happiness. There is the potential of it inside myself, but something is blocking me. And the biggest realization was that, in fact, not my external circumstances were blocking me or not, not the outside, not my family, not those people who hurt me, not anyone who, who uh, influenced me from the outside was blocking me on my way to find happiness. But, in fact, it was myself. Mm. So this realization... Um, came not at once. I can't say that there was one moment when I realized this. I think there were a few moments that were very important in, in helping me uh, towards this realization. And then I decided to finally take responsibility. And, and that was a moment when I decided to finally take responsibility for myself, for my life, and start doing choices, start taking decisions that are actually serving me, and uh, regardless of what it will mean in my relationships with, you know, those people at those times, and so on and so forth. So I'm, I'm coming from being a victim to realizing it, to taking responsibility for myself, for my choices, and evolving from from the peak moments of my life and uh, continuing living like this and sharing these important teachings uh, with those who who are in in need of them mm -hmm. okay i'm very curious to know um so when you say the word victim because it's a it's a word that a lot of people hear or Sometimes they say, don't play the victim. You know, through your experience, uh, what, what, does, what does that mean? What does it mean and how do you know if you are playing a victim? 
well, if I would be precise, I, I suffered trauma when I was very, very young. I prefer not to get into very many details right now, but uh, yes, somebody hurt me. And, um, and this event, because I was so young and I, I became so scared people i couldn't trust anyone i obviously i couldn't trust myself in this life and it just um i was just immersed in fear and after that most of my choices in relationships and what type of types of people i attracted they were governed by fear so mm. i was somehow um swimming in my own fear and uh not, not being 100% aware how this traumatic years old shaped me and shaped my um, entire vision of the world and myself in, in this mm -hmm. and um, And when I realized that, that in fact there was this event that shaped me in a very, um, how can I say, destructive way. You know, mm -hmm. and when I realized that that it shaped me like this, but it doesn't mean that I can't go deeper than that inside of myself to discover that I am not this victim. There is more to it. There is more to myself, mm -hmm. and this is why I really enjoy working with people who who have gone through trauma, uh, whether it's abuse of any type, emotional, physical, sexual, or all of these, or together, any, any type of trauma, traumatic event uh, they experience in their lives. I think what I learned about myself and with all those people I, I've been working with is that the moment you identify yourself with being a victim, at that moment, you lose connection to, to your true self. And this was for mm -hmm. me one of the most powerful awakenings, so to say, the most powerful teaching. I think it's very powerful when you live a life where you think that you're a victim. Like, I have no power. You know, I can't do anything. It's, you know, I have no choice. This is the way it is where it's like that is just a place that you are <clears throat> that you got yourself in and that you you have a choice but it's it's hard and it's not an easy transition people are like oh i know that i'm a victim so now i can change it's it's a long process of, of unraveling a lot of things that that takes time um when you spoke about awoke like awakening moments can you share some like um some awakening moments that you have. And the reason that I ask is, you know, you went from Hungary and now, now you're in Peru and like, you know, along the way there, what, what were these moments where you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there were quite a few moments. So first of all, I think, um, back to my story just a little bit. I'm a Hungarian, but I was born in Romania. Yeah. So I lived all my life in Romania before moving to Peru. And so I was in Romania, I was, I was having a very 
good life, I can say, uh, a part of the relationship I used to be in, which which was a, a bit painful and uh, destructive. But um, I was living my life and I was doing things and some of them were good for me, some of them were not good for me, but I was not really seeing perspective of where I'm going and then I started to to see that in fact I'm just moving in, in a circle that is just always the same. I am taking the same decisions, the same kind of choices and surrounding myself with the same types of people, some of them not doing good for me and if I want to break out from this these little circles, then I need to do something bigger. And then I remember I I uh, drank ayahuasca for the first time. Uh, it was mm. about 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And among many things, I started to face my relationship problems. At that time, I, I used to be married and that moment when I saw that this is not really going anywhere and we are wasting each other's time, then at that moment I realized that I, I need to do something. And still it took me a few years afterwards to, to really take the decision to move on and, uh, and, um, and start a new life. But definitely a moment of awakening. Also during this experience, and well, I, I can't not talk about plant medicines because they they were catalysts of many of my awakening moments, and I have a very special connection with with plant medicines, and, and so I, I can't not mention them as, as they are really my allies. And mm. um, in this first event, I also saw myself working with the medicine, working with the plants helping people and living elsewhere, living in South America. And it was, everything was so clear. Of course, I just, I ignored it because my life was so different at that time. There were just, everything was so different. And, um, and yes, it, it took me a while to, to digest all of this information. And um, then I had another moment of, awakening uh, a very rough one I can say mm-hmm. when uh, before before uh, my my previous partner I started to feel that I, I will get sick I will develop cancer or some kind of destructive disease if I if I don't serve my heart's purpose then mm-hmm. if I don't do that then my body will show me that I'm not respecting myself because we are embodied beings then it's not possible to avoid one from the other I mean they are all so connected and when I started to perceive this then in a very very short amount of time I took some radical decisions for myself and and you know I was so afraid because I I was I thought and I believed that, well, nobody will ever love me. Nobody will Mm -hmm. ever be there for me. I will probably just suffer alone all my life. Um, I I don't deserve to be happy. This was the maximum that I deserved. So I should just, you know, um, 
and that moment when I realized that no, even even if I will stay alone, even if I will suffer alone or whatever, that will be better than staying stuck. Mm. And this realization in itself was huge for me. This definitely was an awakening moment for me um, to decide not to stay stuck and that it's a decision that comes from me and even if it will create a huge mess, it will be a mess for a, a short amount of time. It, it will be a... It, it won't last forever, definitely. And, and those people who need to stay in my life and those people who respect me and love me will stay with me and will love me and will respect me and those who who don't they should not stay in my life you know you know how it is when when you know when you start to surround yourself with toxic people it's just like um let's say an analogy with fruits you have a, a basket full of beautiful ripe peaches and you put one that is rotten then in a very short amount of time all the peaches will be rotten so it's just like mm -hmm. that and yes this was a huge moment for me and after that i started to feel really empowered I started to feel really strong uh that i did it simply and um and then, interestingly, um, I, I came to Peru, and of course, it was not a coincidence. Hmm. It, it was um, it was just meant to be <laughs> that I, I came here to visit a good friend, and we decided to to um, participate at a little ayahuasca retreat. And during that retreat, I had some other awakening moments where I saw that I should not go back home. In fact, it was, it was during a ceremony and it was pretty imperative. I mean, you have been working with the medicine and you know how sometimes experiences can be overwhelming and you receive some information that are really making lots of sense. But of course, in order to... Um, I don't know, uh, fulfill them or live up to them can be very difficult, if not impossible or seemingly impossible. Mm -hmm. So yes, for me, my last ceremony back then, it was in 2015, it was a message that I should stay here and study, um, study um, healing with plants and... Um, and suspend my activities back home for a while, for at least six months, a year, depending on, well, how things will uh, evolve for me here. And I remember myself, in fact, you know, it was myself talking to my vision, but I was old, so I had like an old lady's voice hmm. telling myself that, I will lose the opportunity of my lifetime if I if I don't do this. And of course, it's what I truly want. That's why I saw all of this happening many, many years before. So yes, I, I decided to, okay, um, 
I would like to stay here for for a while and for a few months at least and to see what's what's going to happen. And of course, you can imagine that this was a huge shock for everybody at home, my family. I, I really heard them and a part of myself still, you know, is feeling some kind of regret that I hurt them so much. But on the other hand, I have no regrets because I took the best decision and now they are very happy for me too and and they are really aware that I took a, a good decision but you imagine back then what kind of thing within all my friends everybody was very worried for me that I just all of a sudden I say I'm not returning home all my work I used to work in private practice I had my yoga group I had all my activities my clients people and I'm, I'm not returning my three-week holidays in Peru just will be longer and, and well <laughs> I, I went back home last year for the first time ever since so I stayed here for four years and when my life changed I I, I got married and I, I met the love of my life I'm, I'm working uh, with the plants I'm I'm feeling very very fulfilled and very grateful that's all I can say is that every day I w- wake up with immense gratitude for standing up for myself, for taking decisions that are helping myself and not destroying myself. And I see how, you know, another awakening moment was talking to my parents after, you know, they they realized that I'm doing something great. Is that I see that through healing myself, I healed our relationship how this is not just about me. This is all about the people I care about. It's all about the people I love because if I'm doing good, if I'm healing myself, I'm healing my relationships that are meant to be healed, that are meant to be uh, nurtured in in my life. Mm -hmm. So that was something very important for me. I see it. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, the whole idea of the transformation and the change and then coming into your own and then making the decision. It's like, the reason I like to do these talks is to, for people to see that like an awakening moment isn't like, oh, I've awoken and now everything is okay. It's like more work to be done, more work to be done, more things to be done. And, you know, a lot of times when um, we talk about our surroundings, like, how did you know that your surrounding was toxic? How do you know if somebody is toxic in your life? Because we hear this word a lot, but it's very hard to describe it. You gave a very great example of a great bowl, a great basket of fruit, and then you put a rotten fruit in it. But how, how would you recognize this rotten fruit in your life? If you were to That's give advice to other people. Question. That's a very good question. Um, first of all, I think that for somebody to be toxic, a toxic person is someone who is suffering very, very much, Mm. but doesn't want to recognize it, doesn't want to deal with it. In fact, this person is blaming everyone else for that constantly. So I guess, generally speaking, you can recognize a toxic person through what 
what vibes this person is bringing. Is this person complaining a lot? Is this person always saying that, no, it's not my fault, it's your fault, it's his fault, it's her fault, it's their fault, it's never my fault. Does this person, is this person lazy? Is this person not willing to, to react, to, to be proactive in, in his or her life? Is this person always uh, just commenting on others who are doing things, whereas himself or herself is just, you know, criticizing in a very non-constructive way? This is, of course, these are really the, the foundations of someone who is toxic. Then, then this can escalate. This can become way more complex, um, depending also of what type of trauma this person suffered. They can be take over the traits of the per persons who traumatized them. They can become very aggressive. They can, they can, they can become emotionally aggressive, like emotionally or physically aggressive. You name it, there is lots of way to, to be violent. Mm -hmm. But all in all, the person who, who is taking responsibility for, for herself or for himself. And this is one of the main things, how you can recognize if you are talking with someone and you feel that this you, you simply feel on yourself that you are getting tired of talking to this person, completely of energy. You, you simply, mm. you want to run away from, from it. You feel like your head is going to explode. You are sorry for this person. And now back to, back to my story and back to the story of so many people I have, I have met on my journey is that then for this person and you stay. You invite this person because you want to help. But if the person doesn't want to be helped, mm -hmm. then you yourself are just destroying all your uh, little, I don't know, uh, stocks of energy and vitality on someone who is just, you know, driving you down constantly. I think that's a really good example because sometimes we feel like we, some people are like, well, I need to save them. I need to be their savior. You know, that, you know, it's, it's only I can do this. Like nobody else can see it. But then that, there's that hard line of, you know, are you quitting on them or are you helping them? Because I believe that there is a point that you can help people and you can try and be in their lives, but there is also a point where you need to live your life. And by living your life, you might inspire them to become better because you show them that there's another option, not because you're better than them, but because you're like, I've been in this situation and I came into this situation. Here's options within your life. So, and it's sometimes we become so close to the people that we relate to them in a way that, it's almost like you see that you have more to lose than you have to gain by taking a step away. And that as a human can be so, it's so difficult because you're like, but they're my mother, they're my father, they're my cousin, they're my brother, they're my sister, they're my family. But it's like, but what is your real definition of family? And are you getting this from them? You know, it's, it's really interesting what you said. And, and the next question I want to ask for you is, and it, it happens with, 
It's happened to me in my life trying to understand my worth. You know, am I worthy of love? Am I worthy of this? Like, when you're, when, when you're thinking about worth, what, how do you define worth? Like, why? It's, it's like, I'm trying to articulate the question, but, you know, why is it that, why is it that we question our worth? You know, why do you think, um, yeah, why do you think so many of us question our worth? You're full of good questions today. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a good one because I used to, of course, struggle with this a lot. And while I realized that I'm by far not alone with this, it's most of the people I've met struggled with, you know, feeling worthy and being able to think of themselves deserving happiness, deserving all that is good, deserving abundance, deserving joy and health and everything. And I think it's simply a matter of how we are conditioned. Mm. So if we are conditioned to think low of ourselves, we don't receive enough care, let's say when we are very young or we, we are not... Um, not validated when we are very young let me tell you so let's say there is a little child and this child is crying and the parents they say oh, stop crying uh, you're not you're not a little uh, pussy so please pull yourself together we in this family we don't cry in this family we don't express emotions uh, here mm. we not like this it's not like this then this is one way of how a person develops uh, self-worthlessness like I'm, I'm, I'm not worthy of anything so this is like a pattern of, of mine, a pattern of thinking you know then there are of course other ways uh, for, for developing this feeling of uh, unworthiness uh, through, through other type of trauma through you know uh, this, getting disappointed in relationships whether those are um, intimate relationships or friendships you know if you if you if someone cheats on you in any way, you get disappointed. This disillusionment, this, this, um, this can create uh, this feeling of unworthiness. Any kind of failure uh, you don't process as something that, you know, it, it was just, you know, um, a lesson for you to prompt you to learn. It can be a professional failure and any type of failure that, you know, you don't look at it and let it go, you know, just as it is. It's just one little thing in the ocean of the life. Uh, one tiny little wave, and then you don't realize that there is a next amazing wave coming that you can surf on. No, you are still with that little wave that you, you lost, and you are still crying about that, and and hence you, you develop this feeling of unworthiness. And it's... Um, it's huge because then this starts to uh, spread all over your mental structure. Mm. You feel unworthy to, to do anything. You, you feel afraid to start anything. You, are, you have this uh, feeling of failure and you, you don't want to because you, you might feel that it's not going to work out. But the real problem with this is that you actually attract the failure. You, are, you will actually be seen as unworthy. 
and mm-hmm. I find that this by this self-programming of unworthiness is so dangerous and so so destructive is that if I am spreading this energy of unworthiness, I am I can't do it, I'm I, I'm unworthy, I don't deserve it, then of course I, I won't I won't see the 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 chances that life offers me. Others will look down at me or others will just not even realize that I'm there. Mm-hmm. Because this is what I emanate. I emanate that I am I'm just vibrating so low. I, I really don't believe in myself. I really don't. Please don't even approach me. I'm in this capsule of my fears. And I'm in this capsule of, of my unworthiness. And of course, who would want to, you know, do anything, start anything with someone who is resonating in these vibes, you know? Mm-hmm. What I like, so is, I think, yeah. Mm. Oh, please continue, please. Yeah, just to resume, I think, of course, there is the 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 roots of the pattern, which is very important to identify why I started to, you know, uh, have this mental self talk. But on the other hand, how also the universe, the outside, reacts to it and reinforces it. So it's really a two-way dynamics Mm -hmm. so when you are facing it when you see that where it comes from why it happened then with this knowledge you can move on and you can you can fix your past by i don't know uh, forgiving if you need to forgive to someone for your own and realizing that it just depends on you after after uh, words to to take things in your hand, mm-hmm. and for people, this can be a truly awakening moment. I think. A hundred percent. And the one thing about us as humans is we're always right. Meaning that, like, if you really feel like you're we're unworthy, you'll find ways to find ways to show yourself that you're unworthy. It's like we're we're very good at perpetuating and creating our own stories to prove that we're right in our stories and then become the character in the stories, but then realize, oh, we can't change because this is how I am without the understanding that, no, actually, this is where you've written yourself into this place, but you can change yourself. It's like to question yourself, are you enough? Well, you are enough. If you weren't enough, you wouldn't be asking the question, am I enough? Because if you're asking a question, am I something else? It means in your mind that you know that you can be something else. So it's learning to to get that, but it's hard. And one of the key things that you brought up that I thought is very important, something that I did when I was younger, because I lived a very interesting childhood where I hurt a lot of people and I, I, I asked for forgiveness. I, and I also had to forgive myself because not everybody was like, oh, you forgive me? I forgive you too. Some people are like, no. But at the same time, it's like, I put out my forgiveness and I'm sorry if I ever hurt you. But it's not for me to be like, oh, you, forgive, you don't forgive me? Then I'm going to have to chase you the rest of my life. I've done my part. I've shared my forgiveness. And that helped me become 
a lot lighter in my life. So when you spoke about forgiveness, why do you feel forgiveness plays a, such a vital or important role in people as they're slowly changing? So I think in, in any kind of healing process, first you, you realize what you have to heal. You realize mm. your mood, you realize where you're at, what is blocking you, how you are blocking yourself. Uh, so there is this realization, foundation, you know, of, of this process. Then, then you see that it's the change. So that's a step that could be described as taking responsibility taking your life in your own hands, stepping up for yourself. Uh, you call it how it's, it's best. Mm -hmm. And then in order to let go of, of the past, of all those patterns that, you know, past events might have had created um, to detach from them, that's where forgiveness plays a role. That's why it is so important. And this is a forgiveness that, I think it's best done um, for not only the person or the people who who had hurt you in your past, mm -hmm. but also towards yourself, because after that, all your reactions in your life towards yourself were probably very hurtful. So you have to practice this forgiveness towards yourself. And when you forgive yourself then i think energetically you are forgiven you are detached from all of those negative chains that you you tied yourself to so strongly before and also forgiveness i think that you know in some cases you can't just i don't know call a person i don't know let's say you you were a victim of um, of pedophile abuse, which I have met on my journey. Some people who were very badly traumatized, and you can't do that. It's it's so unfair. What happened mm -hmm. to you? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, say that. Hi, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's me. I want to forgive you everything. I think, um, you know, it's not possible to do that. But inside yourself, mm -hmm. you should feel that you let God deal with, deal with them. You let uh, mm -hmm. justice that is beyond yourself as a human being here. You let, you let a divine force higher than you deal with with these energies you don't want to interfere in feeding them with your sadness you don't want to feed them with your anger anymore you don't you want to cut links and this is why this forgive you you deal with it yourself you simply cut yourself out from this old picture that that you suffered so much when you were inside of it Mm -hmm. And this is where I also think faith plays a very important role. Mm -hmm. 
that you trust that everything is going to be taken care of. It's not you who have to uh, do. What you can do is help others who, who suffered. If I'm talking uh, about, you know, some people who suffered so much that they their only purpose really can be of helping others who went through the same type of suffering. And this is how they are healing their wounds, uh, which is beautiful. But but it's not you who is meant to judge. You are meant to fight. You are meant to to deal with it. But you are not there to mm -hmm. judge. You are there to to cut yourself from from uh, feeding these energies. And you have to realize that, in fact, you are until you you process this step of forgiveness, you are still placing your attention towards uh, towards these people, towards whom they hurt you or, you know, um, sabotage you in any way, destroy your life or whatever they might have done. If today, this is a very long time, to go, uh, time ago, but today, if you are today thinking, I'm still angry because of this, I'm, I, I can't, I can't just detach myself. Actually, your mental attention, all your your inner power is going. So you you can't really wish for any good for yourself. I think it's a long way of suffering. So that's why this step is so important in, in the healing, this forgiveness to detach yourself, to to decide that you are not going to uh, feed the ore because you are worthy of something better and this better mm -hmm. you create by 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 following these difficult but important steps for yourself i think that's very very important and the idea of it's forgiveness is so important to forgive ourselves because if i knew what i knew then then the chances are maybe I wouldn't have done it. Or the fact is, the fact, because I did go through that, then I am able to be who I am today. So, you know, I forgive myself. Thank you for going through that. I honor you. You you did something so, you went through something so traumatic that I'm so grateful for you because of that, because of the past, I am where I am today because I don't believe our past is our past and I don't believe our future is our future. I believe that we can speak to all of them at once and we can create a relationship and, and mend and heal a lot of, uh, of the individuals who we are. So my next question um, comes down to plant medicine. You know, it's like, there's a few, there's a few things that I want to say because listen, I've, I've, I've done plant medicine and you know, when I have conversations with people, they're like, well, why do you call it plant medicine? Why don't you just call it a drug? Like, isn't it just like LSD? So from what I want, because you've had so much experience of it, why do you call it plant medicine? And can you tell us a little bit about it? Okay, so <laughs> it's medicine because it can bring yourself closer to yourself to your true self 
and but this medicine as well so um you are medicine to me right now at this moment because things that that can be helpful for others and and the same way i can be medicine for you at this moment so mm-hmm. i think this term can can also be used you know for anything that can bring about something better that can bring evolution to others and this is why some of some of the plants that have been used since thousands of years uh, mm-hmm. to to bring in betterment on different levels are called medicines and um, I am working here with ayahuasca and uh, ayahuasca is that it definitely can be called a drug me drug i always think of something that you know can can um create um dependency and addiction ayahuasca definitely is not creating addiction um well first of all it is terrible and the experience is not easy. It's, it's rough sometimes. Mm. It's, it's difficult to to go through of a strong ayahuasca experience. You, it's, it, it 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 feels like you know there is an inspector going through all your cells and just showing you lots of things that you you know from your past or or even from your future, but things that can you know create some frustration or. You you know, you, you can feel very guilty or uncomfortable. Um, I hear many times, you know, people getting, you know, scared that they see things that they have done and they were probably not the most discreet or diplomatic doing so. And, uh, you know, you see how you are constructed by, how you constructed yourself, in fact, by choices you were making. And uh, then this medicine of, bringing into your eyes through sight the potential of who be who you can truly become and of course it depends on you of what how you how you do it what what you are going to do what choices you are going to take to be able to fulfill your potential but it's really a very uh, short um it can be a short intervention compared to, I don't know, just talking therapy, which can take many years in order to process trauma or any kind of, you know, uh, previous uh, life events that that caused uh, present suffering, um, structure, uh, the possibilities that this person could do with, with their lives and uh, where in which direction they, they could move. And, um, and yeah, uh, and I think this is why we can call this medicine because it can bring, it has the potential of bringing about healing and anything that mm. can bring about healing, I think it's, you can call it medicine. Uh, in the tradition I'm working, um, it's uh, the Shipibo tradition. The Shipibos are a tribe uh, living in Peru uh, along the Ucayali River. And uh, they, they have kept this tradition since thousands of years, um, pretty pure. 
and uh, they have been using it not only for healing the western diseases like depression or you know these kinds of problems but actually if they had an animal that was sick they brought the animal to the shaman to the healer and the person the shaman was drinking the ayahuasca and seeing with what special plant this worked so this was also used as um, finding information about uh, healing different diseases Mm-hmm. you know so basically it was used for healing diseases in the diseases among the animals or bringing a lot or so so it's it's really vast of the uses of uh in these ancient traditions and the beauty of it is that now we can learn how to use them for for western people's problems because these indigenous people they were not really facing or their culturally is so different that you know the problems they have been using are was in many ways very different what we need the plants to help us right now so that's that's why there are so many uh westerners right now foreigners who are learning to to uh work with these plants um my husband and i we have been doing this and uh and we are focusing on the problems of people who have you know similar issues that we have uh dealt with in our personal lives or our friends or families and you know all of these our culture problems and so it's very versatile plant medicine is very very versatile and this is the beauty of it i don't know if i answered your question though i think i got into some <laughs> little shortcuts or longer cuts but you tell me no you you did you did great um and i really like how you started off how and it breaks into what we were talking about before what you were talking about before of what is a toxic person versus what is somebody that's not and then you started it by saying well we are medicine people are medicine so it's almost like a toxic person can be a drug because they're taking things away from you versus people like you know being medicines that will you know help to bring things out of you to make you reflect to make you um start to heal yourself because i believe a lot of times in society people believe that like I need to find a healer where it's just like a healer's job is not to heal you but to show you that you have the ability to heal yourself but you just forgot. So let's try and remind you of your ability. Let's remind you of your power. Let's remind you of who you are because I'm not the one that's going to heal you. And especially if you don't give me permission to do it. What I I like about different medicines is sometimes we get so caught up in our problems that it becomes our reality that when you take a plant medicine it helps you to take a step back from all the things that are going in your life give you a better view of it and then you're like oh now i can see a better way to move forward with it or now i can see more ways to speak about it and to chat about it and it gives you a whole new perspective because sometimes we 
we become so blind. And um, I believe that it is called medicine because fruit is our medicine. Food is our medicine. People, as you said, I like that, are our medicine. And it's to help you to better connect with all the beauty and all the things that you are to see that I am enough. I do have worth. So we have about five minutes before it, it cuts off. It only gives us one hour and then it goes, bye-bye. <laughs> so before we go, um, there's one question I'd like to ask you, which is okay. if, you could, if you could speak to your younger self, what would you say to them? That I'm amazing, that I, I don't even have to do anything. I simply deserve everything just by simply being in the world and to not be afraid of being conscious about that, of being, about being conscious about who I am and uh, that I deserve all the gifts of life. And I... I deserve to be happy and I and that my goal is really to remind not only myself about this but others too to to be able to create a beautiful world together and I really believe that this is not um, just a utopia and this is not just an illusion but uh, raising consciousness I think is something that we towards and contribute to um, with each of our own little universes and if we are doing it together and remind ourselves of what you just told me to remind myself my younger self about then um we would be able to create um slowly a, a better world for um ourselves for our children a, a place that is um easier to live in Mm -hmm. it's beautiful well before we go um i definitely want to acknowledge you for everything that you do um everything that you are i appreciate how what you've done in your life the journey that you've come you could have easily decided to become a victim but you decided to stand up and really embrace who you are and by doing that you have created a space to allow other people to do that. You have created a space for other people to be seen, heard, and feel understood. You've created a space for people to be able to heal themselves. Um, and your story is a very beautiful one. And I, I wanted to share it with others so they could understand that when you get to this point in your life, meaning that start to understand your worth and who you are, the amazing things that you can do for other people because you don't get to a point in life where you start to judge people, but you start to accept people because you've accepted yourself. And that is a very beautiful thing for you to have. Um, it's a very beautiful thing for you to share. And, you know, I have nothing but love and respect for you. And yeah, you guys are absolutely incredible. Thank you so much, Aaron. I'm, very very grateful for you i'm so so happy that we we made this happen and just all the best to you and to everyone who who is listening and big big hugs to everyone so what i'm going to do is just um before we get off one last thing is 
I want people to be able to find you and Yen. So where can they find them, Mike? Um, and I'll make sure to put the website and the Instagram and everything after this conversation. Okay, of course. Of course, I will send you all the links. Okay. So, so your Instagram is, uh, which Instagram do you guys use? So there is the Okawasi Center. Okay. So Okawasi Underline Center. That's our uh, Instagram. That's the, the places and our works. Instagram, there is my personal Instagram, which is Colibri Underline Corazon. And mm. uh, then we have our uh, Okawasi.com. But I will let you know, I will write them down to you in a message after. Beautiful. Well, once again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. You are yes, incredible. I'm, I'm super grateful, Aaron. I'm, I'm very happy we, we made this happen. <laughs> thank you for so sure. much. And let's do it. No problem. We'll do it again okay. soon.